I Hate the Fins uh, episode. What episode is this? Five, I think. Uh, thank you for tuning in and joining us. My name is Keith. I'm your host. As always, I'm joined by Zach, who's my co-host. Uh, so we took last week off, even though I said we weren't going to, because <clears throat> I had some stuff come up. And at that time, we were going into Jets week. And even though that was an incredibly ugly game, I mean, there were some things you could take from how the defense performed in that game. Some stuff you could be encouraged about. More injuries down the uh, about a week and a half since then. Both tackles out last Sunday in Green Bay. That game was an absolute disaster. And even though this team is what are they five and five, you uh, you just look at them right now, and it there's just a a feeling of hopelessness. Really, I think a lot of that comes from the quarterback position. It's not going to get better anytime soon as long as Brock Osweiler's under center. I think that um, for some reason that guy plays the Chicago Bears really well. And since then, how many quarters have they gone now without a touchdown pass? Is it? Um, uh, I'm. It's it's been two games, right? At least. Yeah, it's they ran it that. Feels stat. like it at least. I didn't watch much of the game on Sunday. I had some other stuff going on. It was my my daughter's baptism that day, so we ended up having a party. Everyone wanted to watch the uh, the Bears game. So obviously the the local game was here was Miami and Green Bay, but I didn't get much of a chance to watch it. When I did tune in, I saw them. They flashed that stat about how many quarters, and I've got the dad brain going on, so I don't remember really what the the exact number, but it was staggering because I think it was third quarter of the Detroit game, second or third quarter, maybe. So yeah, I mean, like, I mean, like the I haven't seen Dolphins football really in the past week and change. I caught a little bit of last week's game because um, the week before this, I moved to Maryland, and then right. last week I was running my my first event. So like, my life has been insane. Um, but I, I caught a little bit of the Green Bay game at the end. Um, yeah, and like you said, it wasn't it wasn't pretty at all, but. I mean, everyone's dead, essentially. Brock's been in there a lot longer than everybody expected. Um, but 5-5 five and five with all the things that have happened is pretty amazing, to be honest. Um, while it's not super enjoyable to be 5-5 five and five there, it's definitely better than a lot of us probably would have hoped with what we got at this point. And yet there's a strong anti-Adam Gase rhetoric uh, on the internet the interwebs and the YouTubes right now. And I understand that you can only take that stuff at face value anyway, but it's amazing. Like you said, the team is five and five aside from the fact that Ryan Tannehill didn't really even make it through a month without getting knocked out. Uh, they think he might play the Indianapolis game. That sounds like it might be fantasy. I don't know, but you've got Brock Osweiler in there. Like we mentioned, James and Tunsil were out on Sunday. I knew they were going to lose that game as soon as I saw that. And Green Bay's defense really isn't even that good right now. They've got good players, but they've got guys who are aging. And not to take any, I've got some friends who are diehard Green Bay fans. I hope they're not listening to this. I don't think Green Bay is a very good team this year. Aside from the fact no. that they've they've got the best quarterback in the game, in my opinion. There's, mm-hmm. I mean, they've got a lot of injuries in the skill positions. Um, Randall Cobb, they finally got back. I mean, Devontae Adams has turned out to be a good, a really good, reliable weapon for Aaron Rodgers, but I watch that team Unless play. he's covered by Minka. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll get to that for sure. 
because I think that is a bright spot right now that we should probably focus on. It's not all doom and gloom. But you watch that team play, and we're not talking about the Packers too much, but they definitely miss Jordy Nelson, in my opinion. I'm sure Jordy Nelson misses them too with what he's got going on in Oakland. But, I mean, their offensive line is outside of Brian Bulaga, I think, is healthy at this point. David Bakhtiari is a stud left tackle. Um, they finally figured out that they need to give the ball to Aaron Jones more. But their defense, I don't think they have, outside of like Tremon Williams, who they brought back to be a veteran presence, like Jair Alexander looks like a really promising young corner. Kevin King is always hurt. Uh, they got uh, uh, Josh Jackson, a guy I really liked out of Iowa. You love Iowa defense, defensive backs, too. <clears throat> I, I I like when they're in the right scheme. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like the idea of you just because like I liked I loved King. Um, he was one of my favorites by far, but he was a little bit more scheme diverse. I was not on the Jackson train um, in the first round for him as a guy, which because he played so much off zone. Right. Um, and no wonder he had eight picks when you can sit there and off zone and just jump routes. Um, Cause that's all Iowa's defense did that year that he was there last year. Um, and it's not his fault that they asked him to do that. Um, he just did what they asked him to do really well. So by no means was that a fault, but, um, but Jair Alexander, I'm happy he's doing really well. He was really fun at Louisville. Um, so I'm glad he's doing well at this point. He's got some swagger. Jackson, I think got Ohio state for three in, in their game. Yeah, last he killed year. him. So, I mean, if you got eight on the year total, uh, there's three right there. Um, so, I mean, tackles, we'll see what happens. The offensive line is, once again, in tatters. It seems like this happens to us before, usually it's before no- November each year. And it's really too bad because we were talking on the last show about how good Tunsil and James have been this year, whereas tackle in the in the past has been such a question mark for us. Finally, we get it together. Then these guys are hurt. Kilgore was already out. Um, Sitton was out almost immediately. So aside from that, Wilson getting, getting hurt. Devontae Parker, who knows what's going to happen with that situation. It doesn't look good. Um, there's a lot to dislike on both sides of the ball right now. But one thing we can agree on, and you and I have messaged a about this before. Minka Fitzpatrick is ridiculous. Just an absolute stud. And I mean, we knew he was going to be outstanding coming in. But the the thing about it is we, uh, the media really, had him pigeonholed really as probably a safety at the NFL level and, and could still end up there. But the reason that I think I was a little gun shy about throwing that guy all over the place in terms of position early on is that tends to mess some players up when they can't find a home early on. I mean, he's a different cat because he is so prepared. He is so mentally advanced when it comes to the game of football that, I mean, it's really hasn't been a thing. But we're at a point now where we brought him in as a sort of nickel corner slash potential safety. Is he going to end up out on the perimeter? Um, weirdly enough, probably for the rest of this year, he'll he'll play a good chunk there. Um, just because there's no option there right now. Um, I don't think he ends up being a perimeter corner for the Dolphins long term. 
Um, I think the long-term plan is that he is there, you know, Tyron Matthew that plays primarily free safety plays some nickel. Um, but right now they just don't have a second corner option. And as good as Bobby is, Bobby just isn't, doesn't have the size and ball skills and just general crazy athletic ability that you, you need on a, a boundary guy, especially because they don't tend to do the thing where they send their number one corner with the number one receiver. Um, I can't remember the last time the Dolphins did that. I think maybe, did they do it with X at all this year? I don't think so. In terms of shading? Um, yeah. I'm trying to think. They've gone after anyone. They, they usually play a pretty standard right side, left side, hold your side down kind yeah. of deal. Um, and Bobby's just not set oh, up for that. Cooper. Like Cooper. Cooper was the only I was one. There was one, game, uh, which there was is, one game where they assigned him, and it was that one. Which is so weird, because like, I don't think Amari Cooper is good, but whatever. <laughs> um, when they played the Texans, if there's a dude that I would have him shadow, it would have been Hopkins. But I don't even know if he shadowed Hopkins the whole game. Um, but anyway, the, the, the point is, is that at the end of the day, I think Minka's got the better build and athleticism to handle perimeter corner at the moment. Um, but like until they get somebody else in there, it kind of makes sense to to put him out there. And he's shown that he can do it at a pretty high consistent level. Um, you know, I think the the PFF stat that everybody's probably seen at this point a million times was against uh, Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers. What they targeted him three times and there was one reception for zero yards. Um, you know, so you can't ask for much better than that. And he, he owns two of the top pass defending stats by their, their measure as well. Um, but PFF only goes so far in my mind, but you've seen it on the field as well, what he does, yeah, it's um, on tape. but yeah, yeah. At the end of the day. So like, I, I'm always wary of things where PFF says, you know, they have an overall grade of 87.5 and you watch them on the field or check their statistics, and you're like, how the fuck is this even possible? But, um, you know, so no, he's been putting it up. He's been showing it on the field, on film, um, statistically, and um, in the numbers. So I think he'll play boundary corner for the rest of this year because there's not many other options. Um, but he'll, I think he'll bump back to free safety when they get the right pieces. I think so as well. But it's exciting that he's good enough and flexible enough and mentally has the sort of uh, mental stamina necessary to flip between those positions. Cause that, I mean, that's a big ask, but I mean, and the biggest compliment you can get in my opinion and something you wouldn't see, I mean, you can read into it with the, the PFF stats and whatnot. Aaron Rodgers, if he thinks there's a candy matchup out there, will go to it like it's going out of business. And, I mean, if he's not going after Mika Fitzpatrick, that's a big deal. I go back to when Green Bay had the wild card game at home at Lambeau a couple years ago with the Giants, and that was after the whole Bieber boat thing. And in that game, because at that point, the Giants had three corners that were rolling out there with Jenkins, Rodgers Cromarty, and Eli Apple. And Apple was the guy who was protected because Rodgers Cromarty had a really good year uh, Janoris Jenkins was a big free agent addition for them. Well, Dominique Rogers Camardi gets hurt almost immediately in that game. 
and all of a sudden Eli Apple's a focal point. And Aaron Rodgers just absolutely ripped him apart. Just just went after him. Just killed him. So if they're not going after Minka Fitzpatrick, then there's something to that. So the fact that this kid is um just however many games in what week are we in anyway? The season has just kind of been a blur. But um twelve, yeah, maybe. Okay. I think we're yeah, in week twelve. It's usually we're what? right around the time of Thanksgiving, yeah. So the fact that they're not trying to carve him up in what was it, three targets? I think. Yep. That's a big deal. Yeah. That's that's huge. So regardless and here's the the exciting thing regardless of where he ends up he's going to be damn good i mean you're not getting a watered down product and i mean that was always the the story on him when he was coming out of alabama that you know played the can play the perimeter but probably not his his future position in terms of if you really want to put him in a position to succeed but he's so smart on the field that i feel like he's already outside of cam wake he's the defensive franchise you know, he's, he's yeah, the guy. I, and I mean, like, and I think you kind of sense that too with the weird Rashad stuff that's kind of happened the past couple weeks. Um, that, like, as much as we all love Rashad Jones, that torch might be passed sooner rather than later. Um, especially since TJ McDonald's been playing weirdly well this year, yeah. too. Um, I, I've, I don't know why I've always wanted McDonald to not be good um, just so the Dolphins could have Rashad and, and a, a free safety like Minka, but like he's been really good. So, you know, it's it's hard to convince yourself that Rashad is going to be the main focal point in the secondary at this point. Well, and if we're being honest, Rashad costs a hell of a lot more. So, I mean, that's just how this game yeah. works. But, um, and I, I'm not... So, you know, he's going to go... Oh, go He's gonna end up. At, he's gonna end up a Falcon. Finish his career in Georgia. Like the writing's been on the wall for a long time with that. At least in my yeah. opinion. Um, and I'd be I'd be okay with him going home at that point. Yeah. I mean he's he's one of my he's one of my favorite Dolphins. He's, but for a he's long a great shot. player. I mean I love that guy. I love everything that he's done. I think he's a fifth round pick in 2010, and he's just been mm-hmm. outstanding. A defensive leader. What happened a couple of weeks ago was disappointing. I'm not gonna lie. But we're not privy to all the details, so I'm not going to cast judgment here. Um, and when I say the defensive franchise, I'm not, I'm not forgetting uh, Xavier Howard. He's a big part of it. I just mean the guy who is really the leader back there. I think is Mika Fitzpatrick, which is insane that he's already back there. And it's like you see him; he's he's calling out assignments. It's almost like he's telling other people where to go. I know that was a big story in the preseason. Um. Yeah, well, I mean, they, they did say that he was Satan's son. I mean, Saban's son. Yeah, that oh, the nickname was so stupid, but I mean, it's true. I mean, if if, <laughs> if Nick if Nick Satan is is hitching his wagon to a a guy who was a freshman at the time, you know, a, a younger guy and really taking him under his wing, then I mean, that is it, it's praise from a place you you typically don't want to see it, but it is it is important. It is worth noting, even though the source is, I mean, despicable. So <clears throat> the one other thing I wanted to get to. Oh, you want to talk about Frank Gore? Oh, I, I mean, we don't have to like talk, talk about Frank Gore. I, I just want to make sure people know that we're in like the pro Frank Gore media category. Because um, that dude, he's 
like he is gonna live to like 150 and like it's gonna be insane they're gonna yeah he is he's because he's older than i am at playing at a position that just absolutely beats you down and he still looks like how he did 10 years ago i mean the guy is an absolute animal yeah so yeah whatever whatever that guy has going on i want some of it because he's ageless at this point. He looks fantastic. <laughs> I thought about that Bears game, especially late when that Bears defense was really starting to to gas in that heat down there. I mean, Frank Gore just looked outstanding. I know I realized he ended up gassing himself out just with how hard he was running there, but he is um he is a real asset to this team right now and it's just really too bad that they're not getting the wins to to sort of back that up. And I mean, there's some things that the injuries, it's almost comical at this point. It's laughable, the injuries that are coming up. All the good players on this team, you look at me, you're like, it's only a matter of time before you're hurt. And that's too bad. Imagine just being in that locker room, just being like, all right, I'm a pretty decent player. What am I going down with this year? Well, <clears throat> I don't know. Just it's, it's too bad because this is a really talented roster on paper. And I mean, there's they flashed big time in a couple of games this year. So I mean, I don't know. We'll see. They could surprise us with you know maybe Ryan Tannehill is able to make a go of it. I don't know. I don't want to shut the door on that. But speaking of him, another thing I want to talk about, and so it's a real popular topic. And let's be honest, it's gonna happen within the next two years if this franchise knows what it's doing. That's a big if. This team's going to draft a quarterback, which is funny because they went a long time after drafting Dan Marino without taking a guy in the first round. So this team, this franchise has a history of not targeting that position in, in the first round when it should. I think that's going to come to an end within the next two years. If you want a quarterback this spring, you can get one. I'm not saying he's going to be he's your guy. There will be guys available. 2020, we talked about this on our, our previous show. 2020 is the better class. But something that we can kind of get into a little bit because I feel like people tend to go down the rabbit hole so fast when it comes to the quarterback position, especially uh, scouting it and drafting it, that I think a conversation is necessary. So, right, I mean, and I feel bad talking about this with Ryan Tannehill only because, and I've said this online many times, that guy has broken his body playing for this team. You think about how many hits he took and, I mean, wasn't missing games. Outside of that, he missed uh, the majority of that Jets game his rookie year when um, I think he, uh, he can't, was it a hyperextended knee? It was like a bone bruise or something he got yeah. in that game. He, he left early. But the, the countless vicious hits that guy has taken. And, I mean, now you're seeing it. He's 30. His body's breaking down a little bit. And, I mean, and it's too bad because, I mean, he really just put his health on the line playing for this team. We heard the stories about him pretty much peeing grape juice. So, I mean, it's <laughs> ruthless stuff. And I, I don't want to seem insensitive looking at the quarterback position elsewhere but I mean this does need to happen and will happen based on NFL trends because if Adam Gase whom I I believe will be I don't you can't accurately 
judge that guy this year with injuries. Now, you can say the people that they brought in to replace the injured guys, that's on him. And that's a conversation we can have another time. But right now, I don't think you can judge him fairly based on the fact that he loses Ryan Tannehill almost immediately. I mean, we talked about the tackles. Albert Wilson was a huge bright spot for this team. He's hurt. I mean, the list goes on and on. So, if you're Adam Gase, or you're any NFL coach, and you're looking to extend your time with the team, what do you do? You need your guy. Draft quarterback. quarterback. Yep. So, I mean, whether it happens in 2019 or it happens, I mean, likely to happen in 2019 based on the fact that you got to put your chips in now if you're Adam Gase. 2020, the, the better mm-hmm. year. It's got to happen. And the one thing I do want to mention, and I'm not comparing, I'm not saying this is apples to apples, but I'm saying that take a step back and just give it some time in terms of the quarterbacks coming out in 2019. Because the story out there right now is that it's not a good class. It is an up and down class. It could be a good class depending on where these guys end up. And what I want to use for comparison, I'm not, like I said, I'm I'm not saying this is apples to apples, but it's something worth noting because it was the same kind of lack of buildup, the 2017 class, which ended up, I remember seeing mock drafts coming out in December and January, and there wasn't a quarterback in the first round because they claimed there wasn't any guy worthy of being selected. Now you've got all the, the revisionist history out there. With these guys who say, like, oh, I knew that Patrick Mahomes the whole time was going to be a stud. Well, he was ranked as, what, a third-round pick up until about March in that draft mm-hmm. process. So, I mean, people can say that. I, I see it online. I, I knew that this was coming. Maybe so. But the majority of people did not. Mitch Trubisky, I think, was the class headliner throughout that process, was considered a fringe first-round pick. Uh, people were, were killing Deshaun Watson because I, I think he lacked of velocity at the combine. I think that was a thing for him. Anyway, all three of those guys are probably going to be in the playoffs this year. All things considered. And uh, and uh, I mean they're all all three guys they're a big reason why their team is successful obviously playing the quarterback position, but I mean they're all impactful players. So, it can happen. Now, with these guys coming out, we don't know if Justin Herbert's going to come out. I don't mean to take this to the draft talk zone, but that's kind of what we do on this on this uh, show anyway, so I apologize. Um, I have a feeling Drew Locke is going to end up being the headline guy. Just I'm not entirely certain Herbert comes out. I think Locke is big. I think people are going to start to buy the hype of guys like Jones out of Duke. Um, but one thing, and I want, I guess I want to get your take on this, is if we draft a quarterback next year, and see how your feelings have changed since we mentioned this. And you're Adam Gase, and you're looking for your guy. Is is there a player who jumps out at you right now that you're kind of you have your eye on? And I have, I suspect I know who, who you'll say, but you have your eye on. You say this might be the guy that I can use to make work in this offense on this team and to really get that quarterback coach connection going. Yeah, I mean, we've we've definitely had this conversation before. Um, I think the nice thing about this quarterback class, and I, I've mentioned how I, I think there's a lot of 
good quarterbacks potentially in this draft class. I don't know if there's any franchise quarterbacks in this draft class. Um, I think the good thing with the type of guy that Adam Gase is, and you saw earlier in this year, is that depending on what your quarterback's strengths and weaknesses are, he can build an offense and a little bit of a game plan to mask some of that. You know, Tannehill does some really good work when he's out of the pocket and on the move. Um, you know, there's always that threat for Tannehill to run, which was a nice little flair to sneak in there, especially on like third downs and, you know, third and four or three or whatever. Um, but, you know, Tannehill, while he has a good deep ball that people tend not to recognize, doesn't necessarily go for it all the time. So to subsidize the lack of big plays, you know, 40, 50 yards down the field through the air, you know, he was sticking in those end arounds and stuff like that too. So I think with that said, um, I think if the Dolphins are feeling that they need to get a quarterback in this class, they can go with it. And I think there's a good mix of guys and different skill sets in this class that'll let them pick a guy that may not be a franchise guy. Maybe they could be, um, but in the long run, it could be somebody that is the right fit for Gase's offense. Um, you know, it's it's super rare that you get a franchise guy. Like, even dudes like, is Jared Goff a franchise guy? Jared Goff's playing pretty well, but like, I think franchise guys are like, you have that questionable you know, 10 years down the line, you start having that, that conversation about like now, not are they franchise guys? Are they hall of fame guys? Um, you know, that definition of, of franchise quarterback is different for everybody. But in my mind, franchise guys are like potential hall of fame guys. Um, so at the end of the day, I, again, my main guy is Will Greer. Um, and I think it's just because he has pretty good arm talent. Um, he has a little bit extra mobility that won't blow your mind and you won't be running crazy RPO stuff with him. Um, but, you know, he ran in that two-point conversion um, against Texas, which was awesome. Um, the dude's fearless. He goes in there and he's a good leader. Um, you know, and I think on top of that too, the more stuff I see about him, the the biggest question I had um early on was okay i'm hearing stuff that like he's more mature like he has a family and stuff now but like is that a true statement or is that just being pumped out there by west virginia um you know and i think he's shown even on the field how much more mature how much he's matured and how much he's really learned the game more um he's the only dude that i've seen make a lot of checks um make some changes make some different calls um out of the the big name quarterbacks at least um but i think at the end of the day if the Dis dolphins decide to go and take a quarterback um i don't know if there is a quarterback in this class as of right now that i will hate i think it all just depends on where they take them and what my perceived value of that person is if that makes it does. sense it makes perfect sense and it's something where you mentioned there are different flavors in this draft so uh, yeah. another thing to consider is a lot of the teams that are going to be near the bottom in terms of draft order this year are teams that took quarterbacks last year. So Miami outside yeah. of the Giants, of course, um, and maybe Denver, we'll see. But um, 
maybe Oakland, like super maybe. Well, Oakland's got a weird thing going on there because, I mean, what are they going to do with uh, Derek Carr? Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's another guy where are they going to try to flip him for a high pick? I mean, because you, you think about the, the teams that are quarterback needy in the league, and if you're looking at Derek Carr, <clears throat> you have to figure maybe Miami is a team in the mix for something like that. I mean, I don't mean like it's a lock, but if you had to pick the likeliest candidates, you would probably look at the Dolphins given their situation, right? No? Especially if the Dolphins still had Joe Philbin, because Joe Philbin would still have a job if they just drafted right, of course, Carr. Yes. Wasn't that the thing at yeah, one point? Yeah, he, um, <laughs> he, wanted, he wanted Derek Carr out of Fresno State in 2014, and the front office told him no. Yeah, I mean, but like I, the thing with cars, like usually you'll trade a decent draft pick for a proven commodity. Um, had this conversation with my my buddy that's a Jets fan about uh, Khalil Mack. Like, do you want a bunch of draft picks or do you want like potential Hall of Fame Khalil Mack? You know what I'm saying? Like those draft picks are maybe. So if you're telling me at pick 16, in the, the second round there, whatever that turns out to be 48. Um, I can either have Will Greer potentially or Derek Carr. I'm not confident necessarily. I know exactly what I'm getting in either, um, but I'm going to take less money at that point. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, I think if the Dolphins move on from Tannehill, especially if they move on from Tannehill in this offseason and draft a quarterback, it's also a financial decision. That's the other piece of the equation there. You know, we can talk about how players play, who we may like to draft or whatever, but you got to remember that a, a good chunk of everything that happens has to do with financial stuff too. Um, you know, and I think I was looking at Dolphins cap space for this coming off season. It's like, I think it's like somewhere between 20 and 30, um, you know, with some cuts and stuff like that, some weight that they drop. Um, maybe you get closer to 30, 40, but Tannehill's set to make 18 to 25. I forget which end of that number he's on. Um, but so, you know, are you going to get rid of Tannehill for a car, which you're not sure if you're going to get like MVP season car or like WTF mm-hmm. car for the same kind of money as Tannehill? Prime car. You know, so like, yeah. I mean, so at the end of the day, it's like, you know, while people may think that that makes sense, and I could see Derek Carr making sense in an Adam Gase offense, um, a lot of the other pieces that revolve around that scenario make it seem a little less likely, at least in my if opinion. If I had to make a prediction, I think Jacksonville is the team that ends up with Derek Carr. Um, or, yeah, the or, or the Giants. Just I, I would say, I would say the Giants just because his brother was on there and I just like dumb no, things no, like well, that. No, no, dumb things sometimes pan out, you know. So it's it's an intriguing intriguing class and in that there are a lot of ups and downs. It's interesting though, and like I said, the only comparison I'm making with the 2017 class is at this point of the season leading up to that draft, nobody was talking about any of those guys. Really, no. I mean, Mitch, Mitchell Drabisky had a yeah. crap bowl game. I mean, like, did some decent things in that game, but Stanford uh, definitely leaned on him too. Uh, like I mentioned, even though Deshaun Watson, you know, won a national championship that season, you know, I mean, there are still people who were on him because they didn't think he had the arm strength. Patrick Mahomes 
was a guy where they thought he might have been a product of that offense at Texas Tech. So, I mean, there's yeah that that was a hard that was a hard thing to play through and like put tape on of him. It's like Duke can throw the ball 500 yards and has athletic ability, but like you play for Texas Tech, like what can I yeah, do? Yeah, I mean that was a that was a really tough evaluation. If I'm being honest, I think the one thing about his tape that you see in his game with the Chiefs now is he is a really good improviser. I mean, he creates, I mean, he mm-hmm. when stuff breaks down, I mean, he can make stuff happen. And he's got the arm strength to really put it anywhere on the field. But, I mean, he's accurate, and he's he's proven himself to be really smart. Like, I mean, he is game smart. Um, So, I mean, you, you notice that on that Texas Tech tape. I mean, wasn't there one play where he kind of, like, uh, like turns away from, like, the the – there's like a would be sack. I mean, he gets away and he like tosses the ball like 75 yards in the air or something. I mean, something ridiculous. But yeah. I mean, you- yeah, yeah. I mean, his 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 ability was insane. And I think where um, you know he prevails where guys like Johnny Manziel didn't is that not only does he have that crazy arm talent to go along with it. I think he's a little bit more composed and pulled together. Um, that's obviously easy to say about Johnny Menzel, but I think that's how Tyrod Taylor has made a career in the NFL as well, too. Cause like when he was coming out of VT, I was just like, Oh, you know, another Michael Marcus Vick kind of guy. Um, you know, VT's notorious for just having dudes with legs. Um, you know, I, I liked, yeah, Logan Thomas, Gerard Evans. Um, but like, so nobody thought anything of it. He sat there in Baltimore for a few years. And then when he got a chance to play, like, I think it was the, the composure factor was huge for him. Um, so, you know, the ability to make good decisions and have that leg ability while having a good enough arm made Tyrod Taylor a serviceable starting quarterback. But like having a crazy arm on top of all that stuff is what makes Mahomes like a really good potential Let's go to the 2018 class for a second. And I mean, the, those guys have all, for the most part, gotten a decent amount of game time this year. Josh Allen's been hurt with the, he had the elbow issue. So if you had to look at that class right now, and we'll go with the guys that were, that went in the first round. So five. Um, which guy has impressed you the most? Which guy has impressed you the least? And then which guy do you think will be the most successful and which guy do you think will be the least successful? The guy that's impressed me the most, I will have to probably say is Josh Allen. Um, Cause I was on the low end with him too, um, which I think is fair. Now you weren't um, wrong. I mean, we're in the, but the vast upside, majority with that one. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I think he showed enough upside um, of what he can do that if he were put into a Patrick Mahomes situation where he sat for a year and was on a good team, like there's a chance that he could put up some, some decent numbers and stuff too. Um, so I think he's looked the best in my opinion so far. Um, but that's also because I thought his, the reality for him was so low. Um, but I think Baker's done obviously pretty well too, but obviously Baker was my top guy. So, and he went number one overall. So that's hard to say like, he right. shouldn't be good. Um, I think the guy that's disappointed me the most has been Darnold. Um, 
because I didn't like his turnovers and stuff at USC and how he felt like he had to put the team on his back all the time. Um, but I think, I think if the Jets can stick with him, build up their offensive line, you know, put some some weapons to throw to around him, um, I think he'll catch on. Because you got to remember that dude. I think he just turned twenty one. Um, like the the boy was in the NFL before he could legally consume alcohol. Like that is insane. Um, so I like everything that he brings. I just think the situation that he's in. Um, and that, that mindset of not being mature enough to understand, like, I do not need to carry this team. Like there are times that we are going to lose and it will not be my fault and that's okay. Um, but he's definitely been the one, um, that's disappointed out of that top group there. Um, and then what, what were the other two questions? Uh, who there? do you think is going to have the best career and who do you think's going to probably have the most disappointing career? Just throw um, it out there. We won't hold, hold it to you. Oof, that- that that's a tough one um best career i'm gonna say in the long run will be i don't want to be a baker homer um but the other situations look kind of bleak across the board um i'm gonna say baker um but i'm gonna say my second choice was actually gonna be rosen um if they can pull the rest of the team around him and he can stay healthy but again some Mm -hmm. big ifs there um, and I think the worst career is going to end up, unfortunately, being Lamar Jackson, um, because the Ravens are a dumb franchise. Harbaugh's a terrible coach. I don't like either of the Harbaugh's. Um, people be mad about that, but sorry. Um, and I just don't think they'll actually know what to do with him. Um, cause I mean, even Jim, Michigan's a, a top four team right now, but like, they just play a lot of defense. Shea Patterson's not been fun. No, that's been um, disappointing. Like a two touchdown now, game. Now let's talk about college football. Let's just like, let's just I, go right into it. Shea Patterson has, has been so disappointing for me this year. I thought that that was going to be something. Well, I mean, well, because he used to play for Ole Miss, which was like a fuck it, let's get points, Hugh Freeze nonsense. Um, but like when you go to like Michigan, play for Harbaugh, like. We're going to run like an NFL offense. We're, we're not going to be fun. We're going to win games 17 to 13 every week. Um, so I don't know. He's, he's been a bummer for sure. Um, he's a dude that could have a better NFL career than a college career. Um, just because his college career has been so rocky. Um, but I think when he was at Ole Miss and even even a few times this season – um, he's shown you pieces of like the craziness that Mahomes had too. Um, he definitely does not have the same arm as Mahomes. Um, but I think he's a dude that if he comes in, he's his maturity is on the right side of where it needs to be, and like he he settles in behind somebody else, learns what he needs to learn, and when he gets a shot, he shoots a shot. I think he could have like a a Tyrod Taylor esque career. Um, with more upside. I'm just glad he's not wearing number 20 anymore because that drove me nuts. Oh, I love that. That was so dumb. I loved every second uh, of it. And I'm interested to see if this is the year Michigan gets over the Ohio State hump because, I mean, it, yeah. That'll be the test. And I mean, speaking of the quarterbacks, I mean, a lot of a lot of Dolphins fans have been migrating toward Dwayne Haskins as of late. 
which surprised me. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't buy Ohio State quarterbacks, um, especially one year wonder Ohio State quarterbacks. Well, if you were ever going to buy an Ohio State quarterback, it would have been Carl Dill Jones after that championship, right? I mean, that guy was just stupid productive. And you think about the Big Ten championship game against Wisconsin, would they win that like 63 to nothing or something? Yeah, they obliterated Wisconsin, which was mind blowing. Um, I will say Cardale is usually the backup quarterback on most of my Madden franchises, so he he has gotten that oh, far. He just in has life. a blaster rifle for an arm, and you know you think about because uh, Devin Smith was the deep guy on that team. Um, Michael Thomas yep. was on. All right, yeah, Devin Michael Smith. Thomas was on that team. So, uh, yep. I mean, decent. I mean, and Zeke. Uh, and then our our good friend um, uh, Taylor, um, yep, and and I think they had both um, Elfine or Pat Elfine or whatever his name yeah. is, and um, the dude that Billy just Price. went um, was it Billy Price? Yeah, so like crazy offensive. Yes, like I mean, and Elfine, I mean, Elfine was ultimately the underrated guy there, but like a good player. I mean, Billy yeah. Price um, has been injured. Seems to be an injury bug with that guy since, I mean, he t- I think he tore his pack, was it, at the Combine? So, I mean, that yep. was too bad. Doing the Yeah, the and then you think about, like, all the young guys they had on defense at the time. I mean, just a stupid, stupid yeah. group of guys who have tr- proven themselves to be really good pros. So. To loop this back into the Dolphins, though, um, I am extremely happy that Jerome Baker has been like freshman slash sophomore year Jerome Baker and not like what happened to you end of your college career Jerome Baker. For sure. Um, Cause he, he was, he was a dude that when he was coming out of high school, like, and his first year at uh, Ohio state, like I was like, are they playing this guy? That's a safety at linebacker. And then it was just like, Nope, Nope. They have him listed as a linebacker. Um, but he he could fly around. And you saw that from day one. But then it kind of like disappeared in his last year or so. Um, but he's kind of come back to life, which is awesome. He's really he's fun. A, definitely a highlight this season. I think they they got that pick right. I think. I mean, mm-hmm. you always have to look at season at year two, see what happens. But I mean, he's been. Mm-hmm. You had to think going into the season if you asked which Ohio State linebacker was going to be the more disappointing of the two, people would have said him. It's been Raquan McMillan. Yeah, and I mean Raekwon Raekwon's had some some goof moments, but he's caught on at this point. Um his his biggest issue is he's like I feel like he's overthinking things cuz you can see sometimes when they do the the camera behind him that like he's not reading guards to the backfield like he's just watching quarterbacks and backs sometimes. Um and then he'll like over pursue and get caught in traffic. Um but like, I will still give him another year too, because uh, he's a young dude too. He he might be turning twenty two this he's year. He's technically maybe. a rookie right now, so I mean, yeah, all things considered. Yeah. So I, but mean, I agree. Like so when you watch him in action, sometimes it looks like looks like his his brain is buffering. So yeah, we, weird question that I want to propose. I was thinking about this the other day, um, and I forgot to message it to you. Out of the top three draft picks this year. 
if you had to exchange one, like you were forced to exchange one um, without knowing any of their long-term projections, um, who would you exchange and for what? Who, man. Um, hmm. Well, it's not, I, I wouldn't give away Minka for anything. Um, I Well, Fair just, enough. I mean, outside of, because a lot of people were down on the positional impact, even though nickel corner has become such a big deal in the NFL just because he have all these hybrid looks and whatnot. So, I mean, he carries weight there, but, I mean, he's very quickly going to become the heart and soul of this group. So, he um he's a franchise guy on defense at a position you'd never think you'd, you'd hear that. Um, the, the guy who came to me right away, obviously is going to be Gesicki. I, because I mean, we just talked about Jerome, uh, and I have a feeling that I know who you would replace Gesicki with. Cause can I speak for you? Who is Gesicki your guy? First of all? Yeah. Yeah. Heck yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Even though I still really okay. like it. I'll, I'll bet you. I gotta think here and I am just going based on it. Mark Andrews. Well, I mean, obviously I love Mike, Mark Andrews and he's played well, but no, I had, I had a different scenario in my mind that I was going to propose okay. to you. So I forget, I forget where they took Kaseki. Um, but if I told you that you could go back and trade out Kaseki and with that pick and a second round pick from this year, move up and take Lamar Jackson, would you reverse time and make that mm. move? Well, a lot of people thought they might trade back up, right? That's, I mean, that was a that was a rumor. Um, oh, well, well, I mean, it's such an important position that. Jeez, oh, it's a tough one, right? Because like we haven't seen anything from Lamar Jackson besides bullshit read option nonsense he's in looked, the red zone. Whenever I've watched um, him play, he's looked so, horrifically inaccurate. Yeah, yes. But I mean, like, when you sit on the sidelines all year long, probably don't get a ton of reps in practice. And then they ask you to go into the game and they tell you, like, Lamar, run the ball. Like, what are you going to do when your arm's not warmed up? You haven't thrown in a game scenario in God knows how long. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to... I'm going to say no. And the only reason is because I think there's a better get out there. And, and, but Okay. But here's I'm the cool thing. I mean, you say that, and it's like, well, you can't just create... I mean, we've made fun of Dolphins Twitter for this kind of nonsense where they always talk about, like, we need something else other than mm-hmm. Ryan Tannehill. Well, you can't create this guy in Madden. Like, where is this guy? So, technically, I just... I did the same thing, but I'm thinking of the players coming out next year, and I think I like guys in terms of fit more than I like Lamar Jackson. I was never a huge fan of Lamar Jackson's game, although I will say that he's a better thrower than I think people give him credit for. Because he he definitely impressed me. He just he just has a weird throwing motion. But That's when he went issue. to the combine, I thought I people thought were kind of crapping on him a little bit. But I watched him throw, and I was like, you know, there's something there. So yeah. I, I don't dislike yeah. Lamar Jackson. I, I was a Rosen guy last year. I thought if we, if we were going to draft yeah. a quarterback, I wanted Rosen. I, but here's the thing, and I had to have it out with a lot of people on Twitter. I didn't hate Josh Allen because I love the idea of him, if he came to Miami, sitting for a year, like you just mentioned. 
Like give him give him the Mahomes yep. treatment where he can sit and he can learn behind. I mean, like and Alex Smith, Ryan Tannehill is a consummate pro just like Alex Smith. And I would say like Ryan Tannehill, yep. I mean, no nothing against Alex Smith. I think Ryan Tannehill reads and feels the game at a higher level than Alex Smith does. I think Alex Smith has always been a half field read kind of guy. That's just his thing. But I mean, like he's accurate over the mm. the short to intermediate parts. Has never really had much of a deep ball. Has never really had the arm for it. And the I mean, there's proof with how he played in San Francisco that all of a sudden when Colin Kaepernick came out came in, Vernon Davis suddenly becomes relevant on that team. And Michael yeah. Crabtree too. Remember, all of a sudden people were like, "Ah, we don't know how these guys are," and all of a sudden Kaepernick gets in and like he was just feeding those guys. So nothing against Alex Smith. He's been a, he's had a Really good career. He's always going to be the guy who went ahead of Aaron Rodgers. I feel bad for him for that reason because he had a really good career at Utah. Uh, Urban Meyer's first first mm-hmm. real um, success story at <laughs> quarterback, I guess. I don't know. but Could be first and only. Well, There's I mean, a chance. I mean, Tebow, although <clears throat> I, I love the Gators. But I mean, like it, th- that just wasn't going to happen in the NFL level. And I mean, like he's a a really good athlete, um, good player, great leader. But I remember when they took him in the first round, Denver. That is, I was like, ah, oh, man. I was like, they. Who's the dude before Tebow? Why can I not remember his name? Oh, uh, Chris Leak. Chris. Chris Leak. Love won Chris a national Leak. championship. So. Heck yeah! yeah that did. oh man, I could talk about Gator quarterbacks all day just because. I always have people who want to argue with me because um, I was always a big Rex Grossman fan at Florida. I could not believe that the Bears drafted him in the first round, though. And I mean, like, honestly, Sex yeah, cannon. you know, I'm throwing deep. Uh, and I but that was the thing. Like, if you look at Spurrier offenses at Florida, I mean, like that guy was that Steve Spurrier was always really good at finding quarterbacks who perfectly fit what that team wanted to do, which was that fun and gun offense. And they had some routes like you're going to throw the fade. You're going to throw it often. Uh, they had some uh, the high low concepts that where they would go ahead and um, test the safety. But I mean, like that team always found uh, wide receivers who could do that, who could run that route tree precisely and the quarterbacks who could deliver the ball. And they threw a ton. So I mean, like, not not great pros, and I have to laugh because my my wife watches um, it's like baking championship, and Jesse Palmer is the host of it, and like, and I was just sitting there, nice. and I was just like, oh, Jesse Palmer. She's like, how do you know who he is? I was like, dude, really? He's the quarterback at Florida when I was a kid, when I was, <laughs> you know, a middle school going into high school, because he was before Rex. So, yep, <laughs> and after uh, Werfel, so. All that, all that is to say, and I mean, I love Danny Werfel. That's another story. But all that to say that I love college quarterbacks. I love having this conversation. Um, I liked Lamar. I like man. We really got on a tangent because this all started with Josh Allen. But I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry, like we had to play like seven degrees of to get back to this point. But I liked him enough to sit him behind a guy. Like Ryan Tannehill, let him look because you know Ryan Tannehill is a good guy to learn from. I, in fact, I would say like I don't know if there's a better quarterback you could learn from in terms of guy who's really gonna show you everything. So, 
Yeah, I mean, I mean that's that's pretty fair. Um, I mean, I think there's probably better quarterbacks that people would desire to learn from, but like I don't know how nice Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers or Ben we've seen. Ben's been kind of a dick at times um, to people behind them. You know what I'm saying? So like, while they may be great quarterbacks, like I don't. I don't think teachers? that Ryan Tannehill has that ego. It's not visible to me, at least. And I, I mean, no. he's also not playing on the same level. So I mean, there. I mean, there could be that. But I, I think that would have been a mm-hmm. good. That would have been a good marriage in terms of of quarterback and of you know student, pupil and teacher. <clears throat> but I will say the one person that does come to mind as probably a really great quarterback teacher is McCown. Yeah. He's he's probably the only I other look one. Look at him and think he he looks like the the kid from that old show Home Improvement. It's a little before your time. He always yes. looks like a, no, no, no. I, I Brad, the old, the old. Don't 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 play that age <laughs> game with me. Get out of here, Keith. I I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I I have this problem at work where I talk about older shows and everything, and I just get these blank stares, and I'm like, oh right, you guys are ten years younger than me. Damn yeah, right. kids, get off my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> So no, he, he, I always thought he looked like Brad from home improvement. So, um, yeah. All right. Well, this is probably a, let's go ahead and wrap this up with trying to think the college games this weekend. If there's anything that stands out, if you could give dolphins fans one guy, they should try to watch this weekend. If, if they have an opportunity, Um, just throw one out there. I think this weekend, I think this weekend, the game that Dolphins fans, I think that all NFL draft fans kind of need to watch is Duke versus Clemson. Because, like, uh, this whole Jones thing from Duke, I'm not buying it. People are now, like, they've gone from, like, he could be a surprise guy, like, to, like, he should be in the first round. He killed UNC. Like, I almost forgot UNC had a football team this year. So I'm not super impressed that he threw... Yeah, I'm not super impressed. They threw two or three touchdowns at them and, you know, ran all over them. Um, you know, they probably could have, you could have played for Duke and done that at this point. Um, I dare to dream. But so, like, there's been a couple guys. Yeah. Um, get that free Duke education, oh, hell yeah. you know. Um, but but there's been a couple guys, you know, I was hoping Ryan Finley, when he played Clemson, would put together a good enough game. I didn't need them to beat Clemson. Um but like I needed you to show that like you could play against NFL talent. Um, so this is gonna be Jones' shot. Um, and the nice thing is it's a seven o'clock game, and the only other thing on the late game schedule is Iowa State at Texas, which is just like the mid top twenty-five bowl. Um, unless you want to watch the best college quarterback in the nation, Mackenzie Milton, play against Cincinnati. <laughs> um, that's the only other game that I would recommend, but you know, um, but yeah, Jones, Jones versus Clemson. Let's see if he can, you know, hang with them, put up some good numbers. And that, that may change my opinion a little bit. Um, the dude that's played the best against Clemson this year has been freaking Eric Dungy from Syracuse, which well, they should have won I, that game. Not to get off on. They should have um, not to get off on too much of a tangent here. Cause we're, we're coming up on an hour already. Um, but now that I've moved to Baltimore, I get Baltimore sports radio. Um, which is essentially they're in the same conundrum with Flacco 
as Tannehill. Right. Um, and essentially every time these guys talk on the radio, I want to call and be like, hey, I'm a Dolphins <laughs> fan. Like, it's kind of interesting to hear like, other fans have this same kind of conundrum with quarterback. Like you guys aren't alone. Like, you know, I just want to make you all feel better. But like there was a guy on there today. I don't even know who it was, but they were talking about college quarterbacks and stuff like that. And he was kind of low on Jones too. And I was like, okay, like I can get on board with this. And then he was like, you know, the best quarterback in the ACC that could be draft eligible was Eric Dungy. And I was like, and I need to turn this <laughs> off. Um, Like Syracuse has had a good year, but like, Eric Dungy has not done anything to like knock your socks off or anything. Um, if he beats, if he beats Notre Dame this week though, I, I will at least credit him for beating Notre Dame. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I've gone from like crazy Dolphins sports media radio world to like, now I live in Baltimore with the fricking Ravens sports media world. It's, my world of sports is interesting. We'll leave it at that. One last thing. Uh, did you see that Notre Dame game last Saturday night? No, I did not. I try to watch Notre Dame as little as humanly possible. Um, it's the only thing that will keep my soul from leaving my body. <laughs> I was just curious what you thought about the uniforms because that, that was a hot topic for debate. Was that the, the pinstripe no, ones? No, that was... Um, no, that's this week. I they think, had actually. The, the Irish green with the um, and it had like uh, the dark blue numbers outlined in gold, and then gold oh, pants. Everyone, those everyone hated. Go ahead. They're like the Packers throwbacks, uh, like those gold Packers throwbacks. Kind of, ones, but right? in my opinion, not nearly as ugly. And the reason I bring this up, everyone at work was just trashing these uniforms, and I was the one guy there who thought like they actually kind of look good. Now, mind you, I'm colorblind. And I can see I can see colors, <laughs> but when they clash together, that doesn't they don't necessarily clash for me. So there's certain colors that run together where I'm like, oh yeah, it looks fine. Fine. And other people are like, that looks like absolute crap. And I'm just like, ah, you know, whatever. I'll go change. Yeah. Um. So uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else uh I meant to mention. I no, but but the Notre Dame the Notre Dame uniforms this weekend the Yankees like pinstripe ones. I texted my buddy um today, and because uh, he sent me them, and he loves the Yankees, so he thought it was the greatest thing in the world. And he doesn't understand like the like world of college football. He tunes in for draft purposes, but doesn't get like Notre Dame should be hated by everyone essentially. Um, and uh, and those uniforms, I think there's a chance that they gave me cancer. <laughs> like there may be a chance they are so horrible and like the yankees are awful like there's just everything about it notre dame's awful yankees are awful uniforms are awful like there's a chance that i'm dying yeah. now which is probably not that's probably not nice to say cancer's of terrible course. but uh you know. yeah no i understand though like they're just not <laughs> i i only got caught a brief glimpse of them and they're not good and i despise the yankees too uh it turns out more people are listening to this show than then I realized, which is pretty cool, I got a bunch of messages last Sunday because our previous show went up the day before. It went up that Saturday. And a lot of people had really nice things to say about the show. Apparently, I have a radio voice, which I did not realize. I had no idea. I yeah. listen to our show and I just cringe at the sound of my voice. I think I sound like a total, uh, just a total curmudgeon, you know? So, what? People people don't seem to mind it, so who am I to say otherwise? 
I think at this point, we're going to go ahead and call it. We got through a lot tonight, a lot more than I thought. And we didn't even script the show. Now we can tell people that. Yeah. I'm totally. I'm not a fan of winging it. I feel like when you <laughs> wing it, when you uh, when you fail to prepare, you prepare to fail. So. Where's the wisdom uh, so going deep. out? But uh, we'll go ahead and call it there. We'll be back next week. We like to mix our Dolphins talk with we love college football. You and I, I think we can agree. We're bigger college football fans than we are NFL fans, right? Yeah, yeah. We just unfortunately are Dolphins fans, and we grew up that way. So it's I love the NFL. Don't get me wrong, but college football has just always kind of been my thing. And I mean, that's how I got into the draft. I think that's you how you got in the draft too, without speaking for you. So we'll be back next week. Maybe we'll have a guest. Maybe we'll bring Kevin back on or something. But um, until then, uh, thanks for tuning in, everyone. And we'll talk to you next week. Have a great rest of the week. Hello. You are listening to Simone de Rochefort, one of the hosts of The Polygon Show. It's a show all about the video games that you'll never have time to play. Brought to you by four friends who are just as passionate about food, soft drinks, and TV shows as we are about video games. Every Friday, we bring you a new hour of personal stories. Like how we found the best way to play Yakuza 0. Or even what happens when you play so much Zelda that you hurt your hands and can't play games anymore. Above all, we just have a really good time talking about the games that we love. Check out the show on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcatcher. You can also find us at Polygon Show on Twitter and send a tweet to say hi. Thanks for listening.